0: I must admit that um, there is a kind of a strangeness here today in this scripture, uh, not that Hannah presented or dedicated her child to the Lord, but left him there at the temple and abandoned him. Um, and when I hear this in the scripture, um, of course, I, I, I think that literally so, it's, it sounds awful, However, there's a modern-day element of this in uh, the Asian culture. I don't think it's the Vietnamese. I, I, I don't know exactly who, but the ones who, who have, uh, as a child, is proclaimed the, the, the Holy One and, and is given to the temple, and the, and the temple raises these, these boys, I, I, I don't really get it. But what I think is beautiful is the intent and, and I guess in some ways, our intentions are sometimes the most important things. Sometimes we do good things, sometimes we do bad things, uh, but always with good intentions. And even the church has always said, you know, if, if, if you do something believing it's good, even though it might be bad, but you believe it's good, you've, you've not sinned. Because the, the intentions are really the source and the beginning and the place in our heart where all things come from. I often tell people in confession um, that it is the attitudes or intentions uh, that are the source, really, I think, of most, if not all, sin. Uh, Of course, there's a whole bunch of stuff we call sin that just happens. It it happens in a flash. We don't plan on it. We don't get up in the morning saying we're going to be rude to six people. And maybe it happens just because of a moment. Something hits us and it's a reaction. It's not a, a, an action that we choose or, or want to do. It just happens. And people confess that stuff all the time. And I also like to tell people it's like spilling a cup of coffee when you're doing some work at the table. What do you do? You get up and clean it up. And so most of that stuff that we do, whether it's intentional or accidental, uh, it still requires cleanup. And I think the cleanup is the most important stuff. You know, uh, I know people come to confess their sins, but what I wish I always heard them say, and I don't, is, but I, I did clean it up afterward because I know that that rude word shouldn't have been the last word spoken. And the cleanup is, I think, where grace flows even out of our sin. And so, we have a barren woman barren for many years. And she begged God, she pleaded with God, she wanted a son. But what makes this story for me remarkable and awful at the same time is, she promised, if you give me a son, I will dedicate him to you. But that dedication isn't like the presentations I do here on Sundays of little babies or three-year-olds. This was, I will give him to you, Lord. So after she weaned her baby, uh, I guess after he no longer needed the milk from the breast, she took her son and left him at the temple, gave him to God for God's service. Wow, that's very extraordinary. She gave up her son that she begged for for years. She gave him up, gave him back to God. And it seemed so joyfully, feeling that she had fulfilled her promise, you know, Mary didn't ask for a son, but she was given one by God. And look at the praise that flowed from her lips after she was to receive this child. She, she proclaimed the greatness of God. She called herself servant of the Lord. I think in both of these women and in both of these stories, There is an element of truth that's really important for us. And I think it has to do with our intentional praise of God, our intentional giving back to God, our intentional gratitude for all that we've been given. And one line struck me in the Responsorial Psalm that uh, as I wrote my little message today in the Facebook page, I I saw it and I I meant to say it, but I got wrapped up in what I was saying and then I forgot it. But um, this phrase we kept saying, my heart exalts in the Lord my Savior. And the the psalm focuses on God taking care of the poor and the little one. He says he raises the needy from the dust, from the dung heap he lifts up the poor. Now that says a lot, from the dung heap. You know what the dung heap is? That's the poo-poo heap. That's the animal poo-poo, the dung the heap. And that's how he describes the life of the poor. So sad and broken and empty and having nothing. They live in a dung heap. And yet God reaches into that dung heap, that poo-poo, and lifts the poor up to give them, um, to make them uh, well-fed. Uh, it says that the barren wife bears seven sons. And let us know that that's not mistaken language. Why seven, that perfect number? Because it suggests to us that God will reach into barrenness, to emptiness, to infecundo stuff, and and take that and make it plentiful. And so, as we listen to these stories of these two women, and as we listen to the psalm that we prayed together, do we really believe that out of our barrenness, out of our barrenness, that God will reach into that? Out of the poo-poo of our lives, that God will reach into that? And we all have some. You know, we're all, there's a little dung in, in all of us, you know. But do we believe that there, there in the dung heap, there is where God may work wonders? And it's not all of our efforts, although those are beautiful and wonderful. And thank God we all have intentional good uh, deeds and efforts that we do all the time. But do we really believe that out of our barrenness that God may call us and work wonders? I think it's really important because we tend, I think, to reject it. We want to reject our sin, we, and, 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 and I get it, there's a, a piece that, that is important to do, to turn away from sin. But at the same time, perhaps we need to look into our sin and ask God, what are you going to do there? What can you do with that, with that brokenness, with that barrenness, with that sinfulness? Because I think sometimes that is the place where the real wonders and grace of God take effect and and can do amazing things. As we come very, very close now to the Christmas day, we see uh, the Son of Man born in a stable. We see the Son of Man born in poverty. And yet out of that will come the richness of the salvation of the world. So uh, as we draw close to Christmas, I want to suggest in these last days that uh, we take a look at some of our barrenness. We take a look at some of our brokenness. And maybe in the next couple of days before we receive the light of the world, the light of the world, the Christ, that we ask if God might do something to that part of us that sometimes we reject and, and uh, see as just bad and see if from that might come good. Please stand.